You're listening to Fox on the Wire Podcast. Hey, this is Matt Cooper from El Colosso, and you're listening to Fox on the Wire. Welcome to episode number 47 of Fox on the Wire. In today's episode, we speak to Matt Cooper, singer of Melbourne heavy band El Colosso. And throughout today's episode, we're going to feature a few of their tracks. Let's get straight into it with Matt Cooper. Matt Cooper from El Colosso. Welcome to Fox on the Wire. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Great to have a chat with you. Um, So you guys are from Melbourne, Australia. Um, we are four piece hard rock band. Well, three piece and a singer. Okay, <laughs> I think that's technically the way. Yep, the way it works. But um, but yeah, no, that's that's right. So uh, what's been happening with you guys uh, of late? You had a, a Facebook Live event last night. How'd that go? Oh, it it, it went way too late, and yeah, um, it went really well. But uh, I I kind of. I had a really big sleep in this morning and I realized that maybe I might have had one or two drinks too many uh, <laughs> over the course of the evening. But uh, yeah, it's good actually. It's something that we started doing a couple of weeks ago. We did our first uh, Facebook Live thing and uh, it went it went really well actually. We were really surprised by how many people connected to it all and, and uh, last night was, was no exception. It was great fun. We actually had... Uh, the guys from Planet of the Eights uh, along to share the experience with, which is great for us because we love that band. We've we've played with them, um, we've toured with them. They're hilarious and delightful young men, and so yeah, it was good fun. It was it was really good fun, and and you know, like it's great to to do something like that to engage with people directly, um, even if it's just through the comments and things like that 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 happen over the course of the stream but it's it's great when we when we see people come on from from Europe and the US and uh and Britain um yeah it's it's great fun yeah cool yeah um i tuned in for a little bit and i sort of uh <laughs> checked back on one you did a little while ago and uh it looks like you had pretty good engagement with which is the whole point i guess isn't it yeah absolutely absolutely i think uh Whilst we are unable to play live, we've tried to sort of, you know, come up with some strategies about just how to, I mean, I suppose engagement is the word, right? Yeah. But, uh, we, you know, we, we do miss the contact of, of the people that listen to us and that like us. Um, you know, usually that's kind of, you know that that kind of uh, desire to interact with a fan base is only solved when we are playing live. But yeah. we've had to 
you know, think a little bit outside the the box, and and that's so far it's been a it's been a really cool little exercise. But you know, n- nothing takes the place of playing live, of course. Yeah. So um, you probably like a lot of other bands, and I mean myself included. You know, it's probably the longest we've gone without playing a live show. It's uh, a really strange thing, yeah. and especially um, releasing singles in the, in this time and not actually having a gig to support that with. Um, I released a new track recently. It was really strange, and um, I know you guys have released some music of late, and uh, yeah, not to be able to support it with a show is a really strange thing. Yeah, and it's 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 not ideal nah. as, well, as well. I mean, you know. This is one of the things that we were discussing last night, uh, the fact that the normal way of going about things when you're releasing new material is to promote it by playing. Mm. And so now that that option has been taken off the table for us, uh, it's, it's been, well, it, it, it's, been, it's been really difficult. Um, you know, obviously we're still, you know, we're not a, what a, a hugely commercial successful band um and so our reach only goes so far on social media yeah um and i guess it, it yeah i mean it, it's it's challenging um it's one of the reasons why it's taken us so long to actually release this second album because it was something that we were going to be doing far earlier on in the year um and then we've kind of ummed and and waited and tried to think of uh you know a, a suitable strategy for the release of that product mm. and it just hasn't hasn't sort of worked so but then we're not alone yeah you know, this is something that everyone has to deal with so yeah um so yeah it's it's pretty shitty yeah it's really <laughs> ripped out one of the core elements of being a, a musician and being in a band and releasing music, obviously, you know, the live music aspect yep. is a massive part of that and it's really effed up the cycle of of what we're oh, of how we do so. things. I think, you know, with El Colosso as well, we we are we are performers. Mm. Um, you know, we never really have wanted to be uh, you know, a studio band. And it's something that's very much been thrust upon us. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, again, I think that because we have always loved the the performance side of our uh, of our art and of our craft, um, yeah, to have it to have it uh, completely eradicated, um, at, you know, at least for this sort of block of time. It has been um, really challenging, but we've been able to keep ourselves pretty busy, which has been good. Mm. Yeah, well, musicians are pretty uh, adaptive and creative and uh, always find a way around things and try and make the best of what we've got. But, um, yeah, I think this is a lot longer than we sort of expected to be out of the live music game. And, uh, it is rather, yeah, and 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 it's going to last a hell of a lot longer mm. too. So, um, you know, as as with the announcement today of of some relaxed uh, conditions to these restrictions, mm. there's still no, I mean, you know, like allowing uh, outdoor events to a maximum of a hundred patrons or something. I think it was. I mean, that doesn't help anyone. Yeah, 
you know, pe- people can't afford to put on events that small if you've got to pay staff. Yep. And, um, and, and, you know, it's interesting because I wonder, I wonder what insurance is going to cost mm. now for people that want to put on these public events because that's always been a really big uh, spanner in the works for anyone that wants to, to, to put on something, you know, half, half big, right? Mm. Um, the, the liability side of things is something that I haven't really heard discussed too much, but I think that that's going to be another thing that's going to be a real problem for, for, for live music events. Yeah, you're right. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, mm. you know, before all this, you know, we've obviously got a pretty pumping live music scene in Melbourne, but it still wasn't easy for the venues to stay afloat even then. So, you know, yeah. it's going to be very hard. Yeah. Uh, whatever only, it looks there's like. There's only so many growlers that you're going to sell, right? Mm, yeah. And that's, you know, that that's that's the thing. It's You can, you can you know, for, for pubs whose uh, stock in trade is actual, uh, you know, as a venue, mm. um, it's a great idea to, to try and sell booze, you know, takeaway and, and all that kind of thing. But mm. that's not really sustainable. No, um, no. Yeah. Well, I was... Uh, before we dialed into this chat, I was sort of catching up on some music news around the world and I, I was reading, um, what was it, the the Flaming Lips, they held a, a bubble concert. So, they had about 100 fans. Um, this was held in Oklahoma City uh, in a venue which would normally hold 4,000 people. They had a crowd of about 100 fans in isolation bubbles. Uh, performing and they also used it as a music video shoot which was probably more the idea behind it but probably um yeah i was watching some footage and it was uh pretty interesting could be a taste of what the the future holds look i mean uh, there's been uh, you know people bands promoters and things like that that have put on things you know with drive-in type um Mm. you know gigs and all that kind of thing and to be honest it looks terrible yeah (laughs) Um, like it really does. Yep. I mean, it does not, that, that isn't, I mean, I, I, I get that people are trying to think of new ways mm. to, to get their, um, you know, to get the music out there and to try and keep fans engaged as mm. well. But doing things like that, I mean, I'm sorry, but the, the whole point of going to a gig is rubbing shoulders with yeah. people, right? Jeez, the um, idea of and, a mosh pit now is just. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a socially like, distanced mosh pit. Oh man. That'd be weird. That'd be really weird. Yeah, I mean, it's so unappealing though, right? Well, yeah, but is it a question of, well, it's better than nothing or do we just say, no, nah, that's shit, just yeah. don't do it? I mean... It's an interesting... Uh, well, it's not interesting. It's a horrible... It's a horrible dilemma. Mm. Um, you know, we... Uh, well, we actually haven't sort of really discussed it as a band too much but you know like the idea of of restricted shows and things like that um you know we have been uh, involved with a promoter in sydney um the company silverback touring Mm -hmm. um you know doing everything possible to try and keep bands interested in coming to australia and having tours uh you know occurring nationally um but you know, like the idea of sit-down shows with, you know, really limited numbers and all that kind of thing, you know, I, I get that it's important to, to, to get people out there and still engage with the music, but just as a performer, as, as a band, you know, 
I, I hate seeing people sit down mm. at, at shows. That's if, yeah. if people are sitting down, we're not doing our job, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, which is funny actually because it reminds me of a show that we played when we were in Europe a couple of years ago in um, uh, God, where was it? Um, Bratislava of all places. Right. And um, we had arrived at the show at, at, at the venue and it was in this like massive outdoor marquee and there were seats like all just lined up all in, uh, you know, in, in the marquee. And we were thinking, uh, are they going to take the seats out or, you know, like what's the story here? Anyway, no, they didn't. Mm-hmm. They were all, um, you know, set up and everything for the show. When we started playing, we came out and, and you know, were amazed. The place was full like it was um, I'm pretty sure it was a, it was a sellout show, but um, we we came out on stage and everyone's sitting and you know I was like, well, is this just sort of something that you do in this country or or, or whatever? But thankfully, a cu- couple of songs into it, people started picking the chairs up and putting them to the side, Good. and everyone was standing up. You know, probably, I think probably by about halfway through the show, but. Yeah. So yeah, it was like okay, that's that's the job done, right? right. That's 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 what we came here to do. But um, but yeah, sit down shows and that kind of thing. Oh God, mm. you know, it's not. No, like it's not really us with the music you guys <laughs> do. It's all about you know energy from from you guys and to the crowd from yeah. the crowd. Uh, so yeah, the whole sit yeah, down hopefully. thing probably wouldn't work. <laughs> And especially no. sitting in your car or people sitting in their cars. That's oh. the idea of the drive-in thing, isn't it? People sitting in their cars. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? You like honk your horn at the end of the song or something? Oh. Or it's like when someone kicks a goal at the footy, the suburban footy, and people are beep, 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 beep. Oh, man. S- mean, sitting in your car with your mask yeah. on. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is. Sounds revolting. Yeah. Now, um, you guys released... I think this was your most recent track, Too Many Times One, back in May yeah. this year. Yep. Um, tell us about that. Um, it's a it's kind of one, one of uh, a song that we had wrote uh, a couple of years ago, um, and it was uh, it's kind of I think for us it's it's probably one of our more uh kind of non-standard like it's it it's sort of it's not really a standard kind of rock and roll song it's um it's sort of you know has this sort of middle middle part that's that's really kind of psychedelic and you know sort of like starts to almost you know kind of be sort of like really jammy um but you know it's 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 a tune that kind of starts off with a van halen kind of vibe mm. interestingly enough mm. you know um it, it, the the first riff that that comes on for the song it's it's straight from from an eddie playbook yep. um which i don't i i'm i know that that benny wouldn't mind me saying that yep. um uh and then yeah you know like it's it's hard to hmm, it's hard to kind of really I really should have been better prepared for this, shouldn't I? <laughs> well, how about we just go, we'll cut to the track now and play a bit of it anyway. And, uh, okay, yeah, cool. People can hear it for themselves. So this is awesome. uh, Too Many Times One by El Colosso. Yeah. You want to end it now 
So that was Too Many Times One by Al Colosso, uh, their most recent track released. So now, is that going to be uh, part of your upcoming album? Is that off the forthcoming yep. album? Yep. So the forthcoming uh, album is called Forgotten Ancestors. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's only going to have seven tracks. So okay. this is kind of... Uh, it kind of follows along. I think that like our first album, Pathways, only had seven songs on as well. But there's a couple of sort of pretty lengthy pieces on there. But it's 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 funny because we've we've been we have you know I sort of mentioned before we've actually been really busy uh, throughout this kind of period with a lot of writing and we've been uh, mixing the record ourselves um, and we do that. Uh, online where we get we get on zoom mm. and um and it's all done on reaper but we actually get all of us here a streamed live streamed um take of the 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 music uh as as we're mixing it right um and so and that's been a great way to 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 get the the thing done wow um but we kind of we were sort of thinking that originally there were going to be 10 tracks on the record, mm-hmm. but uh, I guess we're because we're sort of thinking of, of optimising um, the time for vinyl, um, that anything sort of beyond, uh, I think this one is about 41 minutes with the seven tunes, anything sort of above that, you, you tend to sort of get compromises in sound quality on vinyl. Mm. Um you know, sort of squeezing in more grooves, kind of right, uh, with with the vinyl. So, so yeah, we thought we would we would kind of take what we've got and uh, the other m- music that we've had that we've written. Um, we'll say for the the next record, which is kind of like almost half done, half written anyway. Yeah. So, the idea is to. Uh, release Forgotten Ancestors and probably mid-year next year release uh, a third album. Wow. So, so yeah. Yeah, that's the plan anyway. Touch wood. Yeah. How, how's the that's songwriting sort of process work with you guys? Um, is it usually Benny uh, throwing in a riff and then it goes from there? Um, no, not really. I mean, we are very uh, collaborative in, in our approach to – to writing um one of the things that we did 
just recently actually probably a couple of months ago now was we we kind of made a pact with each other that we would we would write one riff a day okay and so we went for this spell of i think maybe uh two or three weeks where all of us every day would just come up with at least one riff mm -hmm. right um and you know most of it w is rubbish yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but but the thing is is that that what we ended up doing was we we had all of these great ideas that that were that were coming out and um and and from single ideas from each person we were able to kind of patch together mm. a few ideas um and actually getting some uh you know like a skeleton of a song together and uh and then we just sort of continued the writing process from there so um it was incredibly productive it was great discipline for us mm. as well uh as songwriters yeah um but yeah it was th that was kind of one thing that we did uh a lot of the times you know everyone kind of noodles at home we've all got uh you know little studio setups uh, yep. at home and you know sometimes we'd come up with songs or you know, a, a riff for, for a part that I might slap a, a vocal over and, yep. and you know, we're pretty honest yeah. about yay or nay. Mm -hmm. Like normally it's like, yeah, you know, that's that's okay. That that, that, that might be worth investigating or um, either like crickets chirping or <laughs> just a straight out, yeah, no, I'm no. not a fan. And that's it. You just, you move on, right? Yeah. So. Well, it sounds yeah. like you got plenty of material floating through so you're not really short on uh yeah ideas and that sort of thing which is great what are no. um yeah it is good what are some of the inspirations um that the band has you know what sort of bands would you sort of take inspiration yeah. from as a whole yeah look i mean i think because we're all you know we're all um men in our forties, mm -hmm. uh, it's it's the nineties. I think that it is is a is a bit of a, um, you know, an undeniable influence mm -hmm. on on all of us. You know, bands like um, you know Alice in Chains and uh, you know Soundgarden and Faith No More and you know those kinds of things are, are a big influence on us. I think, um, but also you know we love. 70s mm. uh rock as well i mean everything from led zeppelin to to kiss to you know all of that kind of stuff um you know i, I know benny uh, and i are big van halen fans as well and mm. so it's uh I, th I think you can really hear that in some of benny's tones and and some of the things that he does as well mm. um so yeah i mean look Th those I think are, are our kind of uh, foundational influences, but uh, but we love you know lots of stuff. Benny Benny's is a massive blues fan. Yeah. He uh, you know loves you know you, you name it. He's he's probably into it. You know, but um, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's. Everything is an influence. It sort of sounds almost like a cop out saying that, right? But uh, but I think we are kind of influenced. We're, we're big sponges, yeah. Uh, as far as music is concerned, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think the reason I got into you guys straight away was some of those influences you mentioned straight away. Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, can definitely hear that. Yeah. And uh, obviously, um, I met Benny 
and a couple of you guys at the Chris Cornell tribute shows that um, Anthony yeah. from Desert Highways uh, yeah. has been organising the last few years. Um, we had one lined up this year, but obviously had to cancel yeah. it due to COVID, which was a bummer because they were just That's right. getting better and better each year. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, that was some great shows and, um, you know, Benny playing the guitars on those Soundgarden songs, he just totally nailed them and some of that stuff's not easy to play. Um, no. You know? And he's, not easy to play, really weird tunings. Yeah. Like Kim Thale does these really weird odd tunings and... Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I, I was lucky enough to, to, uh, to sing on the first one of those mm. shows. Um, but, uh, yeah, God, I mean, it's just, it's so, even now, like, it's still so strange to think that Chris Cornell is not here, right? Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a really weird feeling and, um, boy, has that situation got messy as well mm. with his wife and yeah. surviving members of the band they don't quite get along i don't think so no, it's really disappointing actually for his legacy you know it is um, yeah well i didn't even realize i mean uh, alex was telling me about this i mean you, you may very well know but you know when uh, when jeff buckley died mm. um chris cornell actually was was the guy that that kind of said we've got to release the stuff that he was he was working on and he and um, I think it was the drummer from the Jeff Buckley band and uh, I th what was it, uh, Andy Wallace mm. as well, I think, who mixed it. Yeah. Um, like those three just kind of like got together and, and you know, released sketches for my sweetheart. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, – yeah, man, I mean, you know, talent is no armour against something as, as – uh, as debilitating and shocking as uh, de depression is. So, um, you know, it still gets the best and most successful of us. Yeah, I sort of I haven't come to terms with that one either yet with Chris. Um, mm. You know, it took me a long time. Oh, I'm still not over it, but, you know, like Kurt Cobain and mm. Lane Staley, but Chris Cornell was a bit yeah. different. That wasn't yeah. – it's like it wasn't supposed to happen. I probably can't say that, no. but um, – you know, he's the guy that talked about everyone else that had passed, you know, Andy Wood and all that. He he was the one that you looked up to and made you feel okay, told the stories yeah. and that sort of thing. And then, you know, when he went, it's like, wait a minute, that wasn't – that's not how it's supposed just, to go. Yeah, um, that, doesn't make any sense. No, but. that was just absolutely devastating. And, yeah, now obviously uh, his wife and – the Soundgarden guys don't get along, you know. The Soundgarden guys had to start a separate uh, social media account, you know, Instagram and uh, Facebook. Um, new Dragons. New Dragons, yeah, because they don't have access to the Soundgarden socials. Um, yeah. And the comments are turned off for, for most of those posts. She's, she's yeah. turned the comments off, so. Um, yeah. Let's just hope it's, it's messy. Yeah, hopefully they can get hold of. Um, I think it's Chris Cornell's vocal takes for the what was to be the next Soundgarden album. Um, yeah, I think she's sort of holding onto I, those. I, I, yeah, I, I do remember an interview. I think it might have been with Ben Shepherd where he had mentioned that mm. uh, that, that 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 album was basically finished. Yeah, or, or very close to it, and so. 
you know, there's there's this all this new unheard of material mm. that that exists that uh, that we just do not have access to. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's look. I mean, it's money, isn't it? Really, mm. it, it, it's something that always comes down to money, and um, it's it's sad that it it can be such a you know such a negative factor in this case. In, in you know, there's. There's millions and millions of people around the world that would be dying to hear that. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, I just think that it's a, it's, a, it's a real tragedy. I think they, I think both sides owe it to Chris um, mm. to to get it out there, and you know, myself, yeah. I would I would trust the Soundgarden guys to treat it with a hundred percent respect. I mean, oh, of course, I don't think they had any uh, you know ill intentions towards him or anything like no. that, but. I don't well, know, it would man. be especially exciting as well because King Animal is such a bloody fantastic mm. album. Mm. Um, you know, like it's it's one of the all-time great comeback albums. Yeah. You know, after the, the band had dis- disbanded a couple of times and yeah. vowed they'd vowed that they were never going to work together again yeah. and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, out of that adversity came came such an incredible record. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, same thing about uh, Black Gives Way to Blue, the Alice in Chains mm. Record the that they that they released um, with their new singer at the time. I think that was around about the same time, two thousand and eight, maybe. Or yeah, I think it was a bit earlier, somewhere around about then. Yeah, Jesus, it's I love such that album. A massive record. Yeah, yeah, and I think William yeah. does a great job. You know, he's not trying to be Lane Staling. Um, no, I think he even went no, to Lane's parents to to get their blessing to to do the gig. Did he? Yeah, oh, I read that. Um, <laughs> but I think he does a great job, and um, that's they've put out a few really good albums. Mm, yeah, they have. Yeah, yep. Devil put dinosaurs yeah. here, and um, Rainier Fog, which is the most recent one. Yep, like just awesome. Always in very high rotation. Yeah, um, in my in my ears. Yep. You know, Jerry Cantrell, one of the greats, one of the best. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Have you seen his uh, his interview that he does for the Gibson Icons yeah. series on YouTube? Yeah, where he sort of sits in behind or in front of a whole wall of records. A couple of records. Yeah, just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. That no, was really yeah, good. Yeah, that's a fantastic interview. Yep, yep. Yeah, I think I shared it when it when it came out and I watched it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's and really... And a great Eddie Van Halen story as well, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think he was... Um, I just realized I forgot about it. He was hosting, Jerry was hosting some sort of Eddie Van Halen uh, show or something a couple of nights ago maybe. I'll have to have a look. Oh, uh, okay. I think it was cool. on Cyrus XFM or whatever it is or, you know, he was doing something special serious, for Eddie. Serious FM. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I forgot okay. all about it actually. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. On, Chase that one up. On to, on to Eddie Van Halen. Um Mm. Obviously, a big influence for yourself and um, and the band. Mm. Um, you know, a huge loss, but someone who left a huge, untouchable legacy. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because uh, you know, like a lot of people, sort of said how shocked they were and all that kind of thing. But um, I mean, you know, sort of following the guy, mm. uh, he's he's actually been sick for a very long time. Yeah. And um, you know, so it, it, it was. It wasn't shocking, but it's no less tragic the fact that it was, um, you know, not not surprising. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, like as a singer and as a, as a kid as well who, who sang in bands, you know, David Lee Roth was always, you know, he's, he's like, he's, he's one of my great heroes. He's right up there in the pantheon of, uh, of rock gods. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Eddie, you know, Eddie, I loved Eddie so much that he put me off ever trying to play guitar. <laughs> basically. Yeah. 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 I sort of mentioned, cause I did a previous episode, uh, just, just released it the other day, like a tribute to Eddie. And I think I said somewhere in there, you know, I grew up with, uh, guitar world magazines and that sort of thing, learning songs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with, with someone like Eddie, you either are totally inspired by him or you're just like, oh, shit, no, nah, I'm never going to be as good as this and you just sort of yeah. throw in the towel. I was very much in the latter yeah. <laughs> category. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, look, so it's it's hard to sort of really put it into words, the, mm -hmm. the impact that uh, that music has on you, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's so, uh, it's, you know, it's one of the reasons why I – love being involved uh in in music because it makes people feel good yeah you know it makes people happy it affects people in ways that that other things just don't don't you know they don't have the same kind of uh profound uh effect yeah. i mean they in a sense it's kind of like photographs right like songs are like photos they you have associations with songs um emotional associations with them um and, you know, and that's the thing, like performing music live as well, you know, our, our job is, is not to, uh, to make people angry. It's not to make people hate each other. It's to do the opposite. It's to, to make people really joyful. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, it, it, it might even be sort of slightly unfashionable saying that about, uh, about heavy rock music, right? Um, but, you know, it really is. Our, our job is to make people happy. Mm. And, um, and, and yeah, certainly. You know, Van Halen for me was the ultimate party band, right? Yeah, like yeah. If, you know, like if you if you won Tatslotto and had and, and had fifty million dollars, like the first thing that you want to do is have a party and get mm. Van Halen to play at it. Yeah, <laughs> didn't they do that in the in the eighties? Like Van Halen Weekend Away, like something to do with MTV. Do you remember that? Oh, look, yeah, vaguely, but yeah. um, God, I mean, to be to be at something like that just would have been ridiculous. Yeah. It just would have been amazing. But yeah, they were definitely. Yeah exciting like in the david lee roth era weren't they like they just had this massive energy yeah. and uh you know friday yeah. night just gone I, I got home from work and got into the whiskey and chucked on van halen too and i was i was loving it you know it's just it's great um and i think that's if i had to pick a favorite album I'd, i think i'd say van halen too for me that uh just got a few Look, it's hard to pick how, though how can you yeah, I mean, how, how could you how could you choose between your children? Mm. <laughs> you know, really, it's 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 <laughs> yeah, it really does feel like that for me. I mean, someone, someone, I saw, um, you know, one of my mates had something up on on Facebook about it the other day with uh, every sort of Van Halen cover, and you know, admittedly, I think it was after for unlawful carnal knowledge that was the last album that I bought. Mm. Um, I did kind of you know sort of lose a little bit of interest after that that period. But um, you know, like from from right up until that record, there, how could you choose? Yeah, like, well, they all there's, go there's hand in hand together, one. don't they? Really? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And and you know, and I I really like Sammy Hagar as well. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's a different flavour. Mm. Um, it's a different colour in the palate. Yeah. But it's it's still killer. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different band. Gary Cironi, though. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I do have that album <laughs> and I really liked it when it came out. Um, yeah. But it, Did you see them when they toured? No. 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 Yeah. How was that? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't go. Oh, you didn't go either? Um, yeah. When was I that? I can't remember they... my reason. It was, oh, I think it was 1998. Oh, right. Yeah. Sometime around about there. Mm. I think that's sort of, yeah, that's the date that sort of immediately springs to mind. Yeah. But, um, look, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was, still would have been amazing. But, um, but, yeah, it's not quite the same with uh, a third singer. No. That yeah. guy. Yeah. That guy from Extreme. Yeah. I, I did like the album when it came out, but I... I have to mm. admit, I haven't gone back to it probably since. Um, <laughs> so that might be saying something. Yeah, it might say something. Um, yeah, but I I was just reading before as well that Sammy Hagar was saying that a possible reunion was on the table at some stage. Yeah, um, I think they hadn't. Him and Eddie hadn't spoken for a few years and. Eddie's like, well, yeah. what took you so long? And they had a bit of a laugh. And so I think that was on the cards, um, you know. Yeah. But uh, I – Look, I mean – Yeah. Well, I mean, the the problem the problem is is that, you know, Eddie was known to be the the controlling mm. uh, sort of personality in, in the act. And, uh, you know, like the, the band wasn't, wasn't named Hagar. Mm, you true. know, the band wasn't called – Roth, yeah, but uh, uh, you know, I think he the way the way that um, that they also dealt with Michael Anthony as well, the 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 original bass player, mm. um, I think was sort of somewhat shameful from some mm. of the, the the stories that I've that I've heard about uh, about that, and I think that that was something that Sammy Hagar had always said as well. It was like you know, it's it's. You know, I love your son. He's a great, he's a great kid, and all that kind of thing. But the thing is, is that Michael Anthony is the bass player for Van Halen. Yeah, and um, and yeah, was never really given the credit he deserves as well. I think he's a fantastic bass player, mm. and um, and yeah, you know, he's, and that voice, Jesus, mm. what a voice! Best backup singer in history, I think, Michael Anthony. Any backups in your band? Anyone sing backup vocals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Benny, um, Benny and, and Pete sing uh, when we play live. We're trying to get Alex to, to get a little bit more involved because he's he's got a fantastic voice. Yeah. But um, but uh, but yeah. So we do we do uh, have have the other guys singing, um, which is good. Mm-hmm. It's great. Cool. Mm. Yeah, it definitely adds to the uh, the live music impact. Like having. More than one voice, uh, even if it's yeah. very low in the mix, it still makes a big difference. Um, Absolutely. So you guys supported yeah. Seether uh, at the forum, which would have been a couple yeah. of years ago. Was Because I was at that show. I think I missed you guys because oh, I right. got there late. Um, uh huh. But no excuse. Uh, but that's okay. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, great show, oh, great place to play. Still one of my favourite venues, I must say. Oh, gee, it's yeah. it's you know. It's pretty amazing when you think, um, when you've seen so many shows at that place mm. as a punter, and you always—I mean, look—every every musician always does it, right? It's always like, God, what I'd love to play this room, mm. and to actually get there and do it was, uh, 
pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's an amazing room and uh and see there were really really nice guys mm. too. Um you know, it was kind of a bit of a funny story because initially when uh you know, when we sort of when we got there and the band had had come in after uh, I think it was after we'd done our sound check and um and they were they were just smashed, they were exhausted. They'd been I think um They'd just played Perth the night before and they'd come from Britain, Europe, South Africa mm. and then Australia all in the space of days, right? Yeah. I think it was like, you know, it was literally just a few days and they just, they didn't know what time it was. They didn't know what mm. time zone they were in. They just felt terrible. Yeah. And so we we kind of, we went we went uh, backstage into the, the green room area and there was a curtain that was pulled and they were on couches just kind of like, <laughs> uh, you know, like just wasted from exhaustion yeah. and, um, you know, big screen that had Netflix on or something. And uh, so we had, um, we leaving them alone, basically. We didn't want to, we didn't want to bother them. And, um, and so we had done our show, had come downstairs and they, they were still kind of just like, ah, like that. Wow. And, uh, and I just sort of said to Benny, it's like, you know, I'm just going to go and say hi, mm. you know, just just touch base with them you know and so you know we sort of like put push push my head through the curtain and said oh hey guys um we're from the band that just played you know are you guys all right like you know you want to be up for a chat and they went oh yeah yeah cool like come in and so while the other band was was playing um we, we kind of we ended up getting drunk with these dudes, and uh, and it was it was hilarious. Mm. It was absolutely hilarious. They were um, they were lovely and and really um, engaging and and really happy just to kind of hang out and have a conversation. And they were happy for for us to to drink some of their rider with them. And yeah, um, and yeah, it was it was great fun. And then they sort of went off and played. And yeah, that was that. But yeah, cool. Yeah, it was a killer night. Yeah, killer. Yeah, they've been one of my favourite bands for probably a decade now i think maybe even more yeah right since i first yeah. heard the second album um yeah so yeah sean you know great voice great songwriter um yes and i've been been able to see them a few times now so once at the hi-fi which is pretty cool uh, oh yeah nice and yeah. nice and intimate yeah yeah, it's funny like I, I wasn't really familiar with their music right. to be honest I, I wasn't familiar with them at all yep um but uh, yeah, certainly by by the end of it, uh, I was a fan. Mm. That's that's for sure. Yeah, I think probably just because they were just such lovely characters. Yeah, you know, and it's nice to sort of meet people like that, and um, you know, like again for me, not not really sort of knowing their music much. I wasn't I wasn't feeling especially uh, awed or, or or anything because I just I didn't have that yep. kind of background with them, you know. Mm. Um, but you could tell that they were rock stars. Mm. Um, which was cool. Yeah, <laughs> and they're from South and they were, Africa. They were really lovely. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, well, Sean is at least. Yeah, I think a couple of them are, are from South Africa. Yeah. I, I don't know if they, if it's necessarily their original lineup, but um, but one of the dudes, uh, one of the guys was was American. Mm. One of the guitar players, um, yeah. but the drummer and and um, and the singer definitely mm. South Africa. Yeah, I think they. Uh, switched the lead guitarist a few times and not had one. Oh, right. So, yeah. And I think they've switched again since, from what I understand. But, 
Oh, okay. So it must be a bit of a hard spot to to fill. Yeah, for them. So yeah, well, I think um, I think they kind of I think they all like live in Nashville now, mm. or something something like that. Yeah, but, yeah. Because they've recorded the last few albums of theirs at um, at Blackbird Studios in um, in Nashville. Okay, which is a uh, I mean, do yourself a favour and look that place up. My God, it looks incredible. Mm. Uh, you guys but, supported yeah. uh, corrosion of and sorry, corrosion of of conformity too. I can't even say yep. the name properly. Um, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, was that at uh, Max Watts? That was yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's it's uh, that was a band that I definitely knew of. Mm. Um, you know, like I I can remember. Again, you know, I wasn't wasn't a massive fan, but uh, but uh, they are a pretty important band as far as yeah. you know nineties heavy music is concerned. Yeah. Um. And and so yeah, to play with them was uh was was a real privilege and a real thrill. Yeah. Um. You know, like for me, we actually uh when was it last year, uh, January of of nineteen, we supported voivod mm-hmm. um at max watts okay. and that that for me was was like that was like playing with my heroes you know like that was a band i loved when i was a kid and uh at, at first when 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 i initially found out that uh, we'd actually been given the support I, I i didn't believe it it was like what the hell no way yeah. no way yep. have we got this but uh but yeah and i Am embarrassed to say was I was an absolute fanboy with those <laughs> guys, and um, and you know like again, I mean I guess I'm sort of a bit silly like that. I didn't really um, sort of hold back with those guys. It was like you know sort of going into the green room, just like oh hey guys, um you know I'm I'm Coops, like I'm from El Coloso. You mind if I come in and just have a quick chat? And they were like oh yeah yeah come in come in, <laughs> and. Um, and they put up with me. They were very lovely. They put up with me for yeah. for, for some time in the green room. But uh, um, oh god, like they're amazing. Mm. They are absolutely amazing. That band. Um, and yeah, far out. It's just you know, like I, I just get reduced to sort of like a nervous wreck when <laughs> when something like that happens. I, I was uh, yeah, I was just so blown away that we got to play that. Mm. That was incredible. Well, you probably only get that opportunity once to. Be a bit of That's a fanboy in that scenario. I mean, it's yeah. no small thing that your band gets to support someone you highly respect. So uh, I know, you know, and, no shame and, in that. You know, like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And the thrilling thing for that was that I was having a chat to uh, Michelle, the the drummer, away. His his sort of um, moniker is, um, and he actually. He said, "Oh yeah, no, I listened to your music, and and yeah, we we chose you." It was like, wow. "Oh my god." It was just, yeah, it was um, because we're we're not a real metal band uh, in in that kind of sense, yeah. and the the main support for them was like a real metal uh, sort of act. Um, and even though I don't think Voivod are necessarily classed as you know like super super metal, they're, mm. they're um, you know they've got a real strange kind of um, dissonant kind of vibe to them. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, when when uh, Michelle said that uh, that he had actually specifically said yes, no, this is the band that we want to have play. Well, I, was, I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge compliment. Massive. Oh my god, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just interrupt transmission here with Matt Cooper 
and get to our first sponsor, Muses of Mystery. Muses of Mystery is Melbourne's finest witchcraft and occult destination and a proud supporter of Fox on the Wire. Muses of Mystery offer services and supplies to the local and international pagan community, specialising in spiritual tools, jewellery, spell supplies, occult teachings, spell consultations, intuitive tarot, readings, reiki and energetic healings. Muses of Mystery stock all the ingredients and supplies to enhance your magical practice, offering a safe, friendly and understanding service to a diverse community as well as the curious. In collaboration with Fox on the Wire, Spend a minimum of $50 on their online store at www.musesofmystery.com and mention Fox on the Wire in the comments section with your online order and receive a free mystery gift with your order. Get in quick before Halloween. That's www.musesofmystery.com. Thank you, Muses of Mystery. Now, back to Matt Cooper. Well, one of my favourite songs... Uh, that I've just discovered is your song Down to the Stars. Oh, I absolutely yeah, cool. love that song. I love the guitars. Um, yeah. And I uh, checked out the video as well. Really cool video. I just, yeah, really love that song. So, oh, awesome, man. Was that like a, a year ago you released that or a bit longer? Like God, 2019, it, you know, I think. Is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, it probably is. I'm uh, just trying to think. The first single that we released was Shifting Sands, and I think that was in April, and then Down mm. to the Stars was a couple of months after that. Um, yeah. So it would have been kind of like around July, August maybe of, of last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, it's – um, it's uh, 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 yeah, I mean, you know, it's a cool song. I'm, yeah, I'm glad that other people like it. It's, you know? it's really heavy but not in a heavy metal sort of way, kind of like what you were saying. Uh, you yeah. Know. Um, and why don't we just, uh, let's go to a cut of it, see what That'd people awesome. think and, and then come back and tell us a bit about it, how the writing came together for it and that sort of thing. So here's cool. Down to the Stars by Al Colosso.
Down to the Stars by Al Colosso. So, yeah, tell us tell us a bit about that song and uh, even the video. Yeah, well, um, the song itself was, um, it was actually uh, an idea that, that I had and, uh, and it was one of those ones where I was just, you know, sort of bringing the song to the band and for some reason everyone really liked it. They could see that there was, there was some potential there and, um, and so, yeah, that was, that, that was basically it as far as that was concerned. Um, the yeah. video, we, we actually, um, it was actually shot by, um, a, a guy called Phil Charles, who is a Melbourne filmmaker. Uh, he ha- had approached us and requested that uh, that he actually do do a video to that song, um, wow. which was which was great. And on actually, I think yeah. he wanted to do was it? A, I think he actually originally said that he wanted to do a different song, but um, but then we said mm, no, we 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 want to do something new. <laughs> I think he he wanted to do something off the first album, um, and so okay. negotiations were entered into. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so it, we basically said, we will just trust with whatever it is that you want to do. Um, and he came up with a concept, uh, and we basically had nothing to do with that concept for the video. Uh, and we mm-hmm. just, we just acted in his little film that he made basically. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a cool vid. And, uh, yeah. What's the? It was uh, Rosie Leonardi, I think, is the the young woman that's in it, um, that features in it, mm-hmm. and uh, and she was great to work with as well. And and yeah, it was good. We went out on a farm in uh, in way way east of of Melbourne, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, just shot it all out on this farm, and yeah, it was good fun. It was good 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 times. Yeah, really, it was shot really well in it really suited the mood of the song i thought um because i'd listened to the song a few times and then i came across the video and oh, yeah. um the video sort of hit me harder wow cool um, i think because it fits so well yeah. so um yeah really cool do you know what tuning the guitars are in um was, was it like a drop c or something because yeah. it sounds kind of low i think uh look to be honest i'm not certain but i think it's probably yeah. just like e flat sort of standard yeah. like a drop um uh yeah like it is it's like a drop c isn't it really yeah i, I don't know benny benny and alex would be the ones to to tell you about that i just <laughs> yeah you know, it sort of goes a bit like this and they figure it out from there <laughs> okay yeah no really cool cool riff and yeah kind of reminded me of soundgarden a little bit but i couldn't pinpoint which soundgarden mm. i think it just had that droning maybe even more alice in chains i don't yeah. know yeah it's all it's all in there in a big soup, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, look, I have no doubt that that it would probably be easy to hear some of all of that. Um, yes, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's actually um, you know, it, it's it's not an easy song to sing. Uh, I know, I know yeah. that much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, because it's 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 really slow, um, and yeah. It, you know, like it's. I think also, you know, credit to to Alex who has um who who has basically mixed it as well. He um did a fantastic job mixing the whole album, uh, but that song in particular as well. I think you know the drums sound fantastic, um, yeah. and yeah, like it's turned out. It's turned out really well. Yeah, 
Where did the band name come from, El Colosso? Um, I think it was actually the idea of the, our original uh, guitarist, who's Adam Windsor, who plays mm-hmm. in Peeping Tom. Um, and I think it was just kind of like a, um, you know, like a bit of a piss take of the fact that we we're all quite tall. And, um, and so okay. that's, you know, now we've got like the tallest guitarist in rock and roll playing with us in, in How Ben tall James. Is he? He's 6'8. Oh. Well, he's, six he eight. says he's 6'8. I think he might be 6'6. Six, six. Mm. But, uh, but he would never right. admit to that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think everyone's well over six foot in the band. So, yeah, we okay. are. Okay, well, half your luck. Tall, half tall your bastards. Luck. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite make six foot, unfortunately. Ah, but, right. yeah, my best mate, we, um, we grew up learning guitar together and then played in our first bands together. And he was, well, he'll say he's 6'7". I think he's 6'6". Six, Holy six. shamoli. Um, so, it was like playing next to Chris Novoselic yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know, I was about Kurt's height, yeah. maybe a little bit taller. And he was Chris's height. So. Like the the bass player from really? Soundgarden, yeah, he's he is. I actually didn't even realise until someone wow. um, who well, I can't even remember who it was now, but we we had uh, we were watching some some Soundgarden thing on YouTube, wow. and he said, just like have a look and see how big he is compared to to Chris Cornell, because you never you almost never mm. see them standing next to each other, and yeah. uh, and then <laughs> there was one one time when Cornell had moved across stage. And uh, and oh no, actually, sorry. Uh, ben Ben Shepherd had moved across stage and was walking behind Cornell. And even with that uh, yeah. that that false perspective, <laughs> he was so much bigger than Cornell. It was like, oh my god, he's a giant. But yeah, and he just yeah, because he's, he's a big boy. He really filled out in the the later Soundgarden yeah. years. So he looked massive on stage, yes. but I didn't realize he was six eight. Yeah. He's a big lad. Wow. Yeah. What's Cornell? He, he was about 6'3", or 2, 6'2", or 3. Was he that tall? I think. I don't know. I think so. I think he's pretty tall. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah, shit. There yeah. you go. Must be a bass player thing. Must be. Except for our Ben, yeah. who's <laughs> probably wouldn't be caught dead playing a bass. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys um, probably all came together from different bands? Did um, you? Yeah. Well, so... I I um was initially uh approached when the band had been jamming for for some time um and there had been there'd been a few songs that had been written um mm-hmm. and uh and that was with uh, a different bass player and a different guitarist Pete Pete was uh, was playing drums um and so yeah just kind of like started from there i was invited to 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 come to a rehearsal and see if i could contribute anything and sort of went away took some ideas away and then came back and it seemed to sort of really work so um yeah but then uh then we changed guitar players um and and yeah benny benny james came uh became involved which was great and yep. then um and then we we have also since changed bass players as well which is when alex came in um and yeah i i think that we've kind of we've we've really settled well with the lineup um i think it's 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 definitely an optimal lineup for for our band um you know we love we love working with each other um 
you know, yeah, it's 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 it, it's really sort of coming together. Well, it was coming together up until this yeah. this bastard of a year. It's still coming together. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like you guys have got a pretty good thing going internally, which is yeah, you know, uh, half the battle, really, isn't it? So, man, I tell you, it's um, you know, being in a band is like being in a marriage. You know, like you have mm. to you have to work with people, and uh, you've got to you've got to work at making it work, um, and also yeah. being involved in such a, a passionate. Um, project as well as music is sometimes mm. um not all the right emotions can uh can you know b- become involved and and can take over from things and so um yeah you know you got to you got to work at making it work and sometimes it doesn't work and you've you've got to you've got to sort of be um you know just just uh, what's the right expression you've got to you kind of sometimes you have to make some hard choices, I suppose, and 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 think about what's best for the project, um, mm. and yeah, but as as you know can happen with any relationship. Yeah, yeah. So what's on the cards in the near future for you guys, yep. and uh, where can people find you? Okay, well, so we're going to be releasing the album uh, at the end of November, um, so in about another four weeks, I think we. We don't have an yep. exact date for it. It's going to be digital only to begin with, um, but then we're going to make it available on vinyl. Um, we What we did with our first album was that we actually had it produced, um, manufactured in France um, because we, we wanted to sort of really commit to making a really high-quality um, disc and we didn't feel that that some of the the production services that were available in Australia at the time could really kind of match it. To be honest, um, I don't know if things have changed that much. Um, but mm. so what we ended up producing was high quality vinyl, um, and I think it sounds awesome on on that as well. Um, and I think that we want to do the same thing. We want to make sure that that we don't just want to have it out on wax just so that we can say it's it's a record. Um, mm. We we, we yeah. sort of commit to making a high quality product so um that will probably happen next year um and then we've got more studio time booked um but we just keep on having it pushed back and pushed back so we'll be going back in the studio soon hopefully to to record material for the next album which again we we want to have out i think about mid-year 21 um yeah but uh you can find us on all the socials. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram, um, Twitter as well. If people still use Twitter, um, yep. And uh, Bandcamp as well. Uh, you know, yeah. That's. Uh, Have you guys got a, a new range of merch on there or on your website? Yeah. So we've actually had no merch available available for for quite a while, uh, but we have just. Um, um sort of i guess uh we we sort of found someone here in Australia that can produce really great quality merchandise uh that we are going to start uh using again probably when the album comes out we've got a whole new range of of uh of graphics and stuff for t-shirts and that kind of thing someone Someone said on our Facebook Live uh, broadcast last night that they wanted coffee cups, so we're going to see if we can do some El Coloso oh, yeah. coffee cups. Like that's a thing, apparently. 
Um, yeah, I've done I've done that oh, actually. Really? I've some um, <laughs> Fox on the Wire coffee cups and awesome. uh, my artist name, Acoustic yeah. Fox, because I drink a lot of tea and coffee. Yeah. So uh, it was kind of for myself, yeah. but yeah, people seem to get okay. into it. So yeah, <laughs> it's a good idea. Well, we did um, we idea. did some embroidered trucker caps, and you know, and I was thinking, oh, oh god, yeah. this is you know, they were expensive as well. Like we didn't we didn't uh, oh really we didn't really make any money out of those ones, but because um, we wanted to yeah. you know keep it reasonably priced. Um, but they yeah. ended up selling like hotcakes. I couldn't believe it. But uh, but yeah, the things that people want for merch, it's it's hilarious. Maybe beach <laughs> towels. Maybe we could do. I don't know tea towels. Oh yeah, tea towels. I've heard's a good one. <laughs> I haven't bought oh, one myself personally, but I uh, think that's hilarious. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's good that people want something a bit different. It is, so. it is actually a bit more yeah. novel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's there's new merch coming out, um, and yeah, I think it's all just sort of going to be um, geared around the release of the album. So we can't go out and play it, we can't tour it. So we're just going to try and mm. push some new shirts and all that kind of thing, and um, and just go from there. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show, oh, Matt. Lovely to, pleasure, mate. to chat with you and yeah. learn a bit more about the band. I look forward to getting out and seeing you guys live. Whenever, I know. you know, whenever we can, know. maybe in bubbles. Well, it's funny, like we haven't um, even rehearsed in, <laughs> mm. like, I don't remember. The, the last time we rehearsed was actually April. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Well, do you think people, by the time we get out, whenever that'll be, and back into music, do you think people will be like super keen to get out and see some music or are they just going to so. almost forget that, you know, that's what we used to yeah. do? Oh, uh, look, uh, from, from my, my kind of, my kind of feeling about it is, is that people are just chomping at the bit to get out and, and hang yeah. out and, and just be with each other again. You know, if it's one thing that yep. lockdown has shown us is that, uh, it's, it's been a, a really great reminder of what social animals we are, um, and how we, uh, we, I don't think that we really operate um at a hundred percent when we are not able to socialize with each other i mean having zooms is one thing but um but actually just being with people uh, it's uh you yeah. know we, we we feed off other people's energy and um you know a lot of the times it's it's kind of what gives us um it, it's it's what gives our life value is our ability to interact yeah. with other people and to and to show that we're important to other people on that sort of deeply kind of personal level. Um, and, uh, you know, mm. it's, it's, that's the hard thing about this, you know, people bitch and moan about the economical, uh, the economic, uh, damage that's being done, but that's not the real thing. That's, that's not the real problem. The real problem is, is that we can't, we can't be with each other. Mm. Hopefully it changes soon. Yeah. I think it's affected us all in different ways, yeah. but, um, I don't know. What can you we'll say? Get there. Well, Let's take this episode out with another track from El Colosso called Bystanders. Uh, what can you tell us about that this one? This is a song that we have not released. Um, so oh, can we play yeah, it? you can or absolutely play, play something it. Else? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> okay. absolutely. So this is, this is kind of like a real punky kind of song. Um, and it kind of, it, it almost kind of sets up the third album a little bit as well because the, we, we started to, um, to sort of have a little bit of a political uh, message that's sort of crept into our lyrics uh, over the last sort of, you know, 12 to 18 months. Um, not intentionally, mm -hmm. it's just kind of happened that way. 
Um, but this is yep. a song that's that's uh, that is it's it's an angry song, um, and and yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's it's quite a killer track, I think. So is this an exclusive? To it's the show, pretty to Fox much on the an exclusive. Wire. Yeah, I don't think it's been played. Ooh. We did, we did actually play it at our first Facebook Live thing that we did last uh, fortnight. Um, but okay. you, I think, are the first, the first uh, person, and this is the first show that's uh, that's had direct access to the song. So Wicked. hopefully, that's a hell of a build-up. <laughs> hopefully, people dig it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here it is. Here's uh, Bystanders from El Colosso. Thanks again, Matt, for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Best of luck with the uh, the new album release. And yeah, we'll, we'll catch you guys you. Uh, on the other side of this thing. Yeah. Thanks very Thank much. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy this track. Cheers. Cheers.